When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. Every Friday, us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. We sink our teeth into each of King's novels, dive deep into the lore, and review every adaptation. Even better, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Will Wheaton, Mary Lambert, Mick Garris, the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. I want to thank you for stopping by, especially if you're a subscriber and you check out these uh, these interviews as we put them out every single week. Of course, if you're not, you can find us at all the major uh, podcast hotspots like iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, really, wherever you like to get podcasts from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with and subscribe. We'll bring a new interview to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Three interviews a week so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones and know what's happening in the music world. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today my guest, comedian Jamie Kennedy. We're going to be talking about him hosting the eighth season of Coming to the Stage, which is a part of Comedy Dynamics right now, as well as his new series on Tubi called Stupid Smarts. Now, some really interesting discussions here, like getting your 10,000 hours. That's something um, most professionals, that's that's sort of a phrase. you got to get your 10,000 hours before you're really good at something, or at least getting good at something. But, of course, a lot of artists, comedians, musicians, everybody's able to get started a lot earlier in their life 
uh, maybe than they would have in the past. So we'll discuss what that's been like and then getting into his art, uh, especially in his new special, Stupid Smart. We'll hear about the art of the callback and flow, the importance of flow, especially. Uh, one of the bits that I have to point out is uh, an impersonation of Matthew McConaughey that also has to do with Bradley Cooper, as well as some self-deprecation on his part, but admiration for the new Hannah Gadsby special that she's got out. And then as an actor, of course, a lot of us, uh, you know, we, we first came to know Jimmy Kennedy in the 90s with the Scream movies. Uh, lately, he's been part of a pair of Tremors sequels, number five and six. We'll hear about the what that experience has been like and his working relationship with Michael Gross as well. So let's jump into this. It's Kyle Meredith with Jamie Kennedy. Kyle, what's up, Jamie Kennedy? First off, we'll start. You got a lot going on, and, and it's been really kind of cool to dive into all this and see some of this. And we'll start out with coming to the stage. I know that's sort of one of the most recent things. Uh, you're the host of season eight on this, which is a cool series. I mean, it's been around again for for eight seasons. What kind of gig is this for you? Because it's a hosting gig. It's not the usual type of stand up. I mean, it's different, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm just like you know like deaf comedy jam or comic view or when you know jimmy fallon gives a young comic a chance that's what it is i'm the host and you know you've got two comics a show and they're great and they're new and it's great to give them a a voice you know to to get out there and get their first or second credit you know are, are you able to spot the talent over a season is it obvious when the person has it when they step up I was able to give chances to a couple people that I know and like, and they picked some people. So it was a good mix. So definitely people I knew that I liked, but there's definitely some that I didn't know that really popped, you know, and then, so it's always a mix, you know, but it is, it is nice to discover new people. Like I wondered for some of those folks who are obviously on their journey, um, as you say, maybe just getting their first and second television credit, like, for a lot of art forms, I don't know if you know the saying, like, you need 10,000 hours to, to finally become a professional at what you do. And it's sort of trying to gauge, like, what version of that are they on usually when they when they hit that stage? I totally agree with it, Malcolm McDowell. You definitely need 10,000 hours, you know. It's about, I don't know if it's either 20 years of a eight-hour job, but the Beatles did it in, like, two, so they're <laughs> playing, like, 20 hours a day at that cavern. But I totally agree, and I think I don't know what they are on, but I mean, I would assume that ten thousand dollars is part. Like you could have start getting credits before you have to do your total ten thousand. But yeah, that's that's definitely I agree. Like this is a, a legit credit, and and like people are working hard in the clubs and stuff to do it. But I understand what you're saying because somebody was saying that the other day how there's some shortcuts now, and I say yeah, there's shortcuts to get success, but it doesn't mean you, you know, the, the grind is different now, but the grind makes you good at your craft. Now that's, that, that's interesting that you say that because a comparison towards too long ago probably isn't fair, and I, I think things have been going the way they've been going for quite a while now, but. But for a long time in, in comedy and, and lots of other art forms too, music, whatever, people that would start really making it, I think, would be a little bit older than what they would be now. Like, you can start to make a lot of traction very, very young, obviously because of things like TikTok or whatever. But 
But but but to get those credits, it feels like it comes a lot sooner these days than maybe it would have, like when you were first starting or something like that. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a different time. I was thinking like how like bands when I moved to L.A. in the late '80s, hair bands would go to the rock. You know, you would go and you would audition or you pay to play and you do the Roxy every night and then eventually you get one song. You try to get that song to a label and so on and so forth. You know, it it all depends how it works. But like you can be on a talent show now and be seen and get popper off of that or a TV show or YouTube. So it just depends on the work that you put in before that. It doesn't mean that you you could be ready. I mean, there's people that could be ready and they when they pop off these different formats. But I just remember seeing bands I knew that were so good, like the Roxy and they was could never pop. I don't know. Maybe they were partying too hard. Maybe they didn't. So it just depends. But some people put in the 10,000 hours and never make it. Some do, never do and do it. But I think doing it makes you good. Yeah. Was it Tom Petty who said, you know, they back then, of course, we're talking about the 70s for him, but you, you couldn't even make an album until like your songs were so good and ready it was, you know, there was the bedroom recording didn't exist then you know it's like you, you had to have been on that road for so long before you were even really allowed in a studio that makes so much sense because look at the music from that time look at the artists look at listen i'm all about today i you know i can love songs from today and i can respect artists today and i do but so correct i mean those guys music will stand forever the depth and the and the intricacies of their songs just kind of shows i think that does show some of the road testing and again that's no disrespect to new comedians today it's no disrespect to new musicians today you know i i do find i mean that's my primary job right there is finding new music and uh you know it's but but it almost seems like you can tell a little bit of a difference like this was this was quick this was quickly written and out there and maybe it's great but it's it's definitely there is a difference i don't know i don't know where i'm going with that (laughs) i'll bring up one more thing uh, about coming to the stage too and it goes back to you being a host because uh, again is there a big difference in the material that you would present on stage to get things going like how do you approach hosting differently than you would like your stand-up special like i'm guessing topical doesn't exactly work because it's taped for later yeah that, that is harder, you know, like you, you, you know, I said I had some of my jokes that I kind of crossed over between my special and, and this, and I don't like to do that, but, you know, it's hard sometimes when, you, you know, you're doing so much, but I also wrote new jokes and sometimes, you know, happy accidents happen. So I'm in and I'm out, you know, I pop in and I do it and I pop out, but yeah, you, 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 I was trying to get some new stuff in there too. You got to be quick, you know, just warm, say hello to the crowd, what's up, and then bam. Well, that's, that is an easy seg over to the new special, Stupid Smarts. It's it's interesting, too, because reading about you talking about specials, I think it's one part, maybe it's Twitter or something, you, you were talking about that you don't actually like to watch a lot of specials. I think at that point you were you were talking about uh, about uh, Hannah Gadsby, something like that. But, but what's, you know, when, when you do have to put on something, because it's not just about jokes on a stage, I mean, what's what's the type of thought process that goes into making this something that becomes... A special on TV. It's so different now, you know, like what we were just saying earlier kind of ties into it, you know, like, you know, the barrier to entry has changed and um, specials used to be few and far between and now there's a lot more, which I think is great because comics get a chance to 
tell their audience their stuff, you know, and audiences will find them and audiences will gravitate to who they like. For me, it was my third one. And so I was like, we self-produced it with my friend and uh, we really were excited when we got to work with Tubi because they're a new platform. But, you know, it was, again, it was a couple of years on the road. You know, and then in LA, and then mixing it up, and then adjusting bits, and then trying it. And you try to put a whole theme together. An hour kind of makes sense, you know. And I think I did mostly that. There's a little bit that gets a little random towards there, but most of it, there's a, it connects pretty well, you know. And now I'm done. I'm done, and I want to like do another one. You know? it, but it, it does connect. It, you know, uh, I'll I'll compliment you on that because it does flow, and it's. I, I mean, one of my favorite things about the special is, of course, the callback. You know, I mean, that's just part of the tradition to wait and see, okay, you, you know, they've set all this up. How are they going to bring it back home? You know, how, how's it all going to come back around there, which you do to find details. And probably one of the funniest reoccurring spots in it is, of course, a Bradley Cooper and Matthew McConaughey bits. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get. Yeah. Well, <laughs> go on. True. No, I was going to say, like, in terms of special, Dick Gregory wrote a great book, and he's like, start with a joke, then you build a joke, and then you build a few jokes, then you build a hunk, and then you build a segment, and then you build an hour. And that's how I try to approach my specials, with a theme. Um, but yeah, Bradley Cooper, Matty McConaughey, was like one of the beginning jokes. So as you, as you can see, I start out kind of self-deprecating, and then I ingratiate myself and try to get the audience, you know, to understand what I'm about. And that's real life. That's lemons out of lemonade. I mean, that was a, that was a real thing I read about myself and I was like Jesus what did I do and uh, and then I tried kind of and, and went from there but it's a compliment sure <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you make it like one at least well I gotta tell you the, the McConaughey impression of course is, is spot on uh, that shouldn't be a surprise you are an impressionist you've, you've been doing that a lot through the years I, I would be curious have you ever had to do or, or been able to do an impression in front of the, the subject like would you do the McConaughey bit in front of McConaughey and Cooper? I, I think I would do it in front. Of, that's a great question, dude. Thank God. I'm so happy. I just came <laughs> off morning radio. You're so much more exciting. Um, I would love. I would. I would love to do it in front of McConaughey because I think he'd laugh and he would like give me some tips. I think Cooper because it's not really. He I don't really do him. I just use him as a byproduct. I think Cooper would get mad. I don't know something about it. I feel McConaughey would laugh and Cooper would just be like, "Yeah, okay, shut up." That's my vibe. And we're from the same area. Like, Cooper's from Philly. I'm from Philly. But I think McConaughey would laugh more. <laughs> it is a fun way to hear you turn those those lemons into lemonade, as you say, which which seems to be, as you know, in, in a way, I guess, that overarching theme. I don't know if you can break it down to one line or something like that, but... But even the dating scene that you're talking about into that, it's it's always about being in, you know, less than than idea situations and still finding your way out of it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like, it's fun, you know, I'm like, that's what this special's about. I start, I go light, I go a very relatable. My job is to make you laugh, you know. Uh, I'm working on, I'm, I'm, I'm in my 10,000 hours now, deeply, um, but now I'm on the point where my next special, you know, you gotta, I always say there's like five levels of comedy and, and, you know, now I got to approach the fifth one, which is convincing people the way I think and see if I can get them to think like me. And that's what comedy is. And so that's what the special is like fun and light for a while. And, and then I'll slowly give them on my side and some of my ideas about like college and, and robots. And the next one will be much more about that. But again, as a comedian, I mean, I, I don't 
think you can preach to an audience unless you're either hilarious or super convincing, you know, right? Like there have been people that can just stomp on an audience's head and make them die laughing. But you have to be bulletproof. But to get up there and just tell people your thoughts, if you don't have the jokes, then people be like, you're not my personal savior, so stop it. But, you know, the greats do, you know, like George Carlin and Richard Pryor do that. They do that with facts and they do it with empathy and they do it with, you know, amazing storytelling. I was thinking more recently, I guess, I mean, I, I would bring up that, that Hannah Gatsby, what she did. I mean, that's such a Hannah unique Gatsby's way. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at, you, you've got Chappelle and you've got Burr. These, these guys are, are masters at their craft, you know, and, and then you, you know, Hannah Gatsby was so, it was just a different voice. You know, it's funny. I talked about her a lot. People ask me about it. They're like, you really liked her special. And, and, it, and I don't know if she ever knows me or heard of me or whatever, but like, it was just a, a voiceless voice that had a voice. You know, I, you don't hear that voice. She's like, I believe from Tasmania, you know, I believe she identifies as a lesbian. She's a woman. She had trauma in her life. And then she did a 20 minute bit on Pablo Picasso and how art history is basically, you know, you're, you guys worship a, a bad guy, but made it hilarious and educational. And it was really, she just kind of fucking ruined all art history <laughs> like, and educated me. And I was like, oh my God. And so people that are like, oh, that's not stand-up special. It was, it was, it was art. I don't give a fuck what you call it. It was completely art. It was completely painful. And it was completely compelling. And I laughed and I cried. And that's really, really interesting. So, you know, and like you said earlier, like I will watch specials, but I don't want to like get ideas because I want my own. And, but I do want to see what's out there to not like be on the same. But I watched hers and I heard about it and there was nothing. You, 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 there's nobody talking what she was talking about. So that was pretty unique. I, I like when any artist strives to do something original in, in that sense. And if you can still find a new rock to, you know, to turn up, uh, I mean, that's, that's, I, I feel like that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of work to take, take things and, and that's pain. It's so hard when you try to do something and then just convincing people of like, you've got to really take the time to weave it out because she had to make it digestible, you know? That's what comics do. If you're if you're a good comic, you take hard subjects and you make them digestible. And that's why pushback in comedy is is happening, but it's weird, but it's it's you know, it's because people don't even want to talk about certain subjects. Comics do, but people don't want to listen. And it's like, look, we're trying to make these things digestible. And they're like, Well, we don't need to talk about that. And you know, I believe as a comic, everything is on the table. Mm appreciate that coming from you uh, i know i'm running out of time uh, so i'm going to awkwardly sag into the third section here because i uh, i want to bring uh, bring up your movies too uh and and i'll use the uh, the, the easy seg though because you know in, in stupid smart you do bring up trimmers uh, you've been in two trimmers movies i know they are making a third one a ne another one uh number seven um how much research do you put in towards the legacy of something like that or are you able to just kind of walk into it as a fresh job you know i'm gonna be honest with you i don't i didn't research it at all other than finding out i didn't do enough research and i think that's okay because i want to have my own take on it and i think that one of the reasons me and michael gross really have a chemistry and i think it's you know, it's because what you see on that screen is sometimes like us. I mean, I respect the hell out of him. And off camera, him and I will get along and have a nice dinner and a bottle of wine. But 
our working ways sometimes are very different. He's methodical. He's a Chicago-trained actor, and I'm a loosey-goosey nut. And so those two, you know, I'm like riffing and he's like, yo, this is the scene. And I think it works perfectly because the dad is so put together and the son is such a loose cannon. And that's how me and Michael really are. Like, we'll go to the market in South Africa and I'll have a whole map planted out on the day of which stand we're going to visit. And I'm like, dude, let's just go check out this one. They got falafels and this one's got chicken. He goes, nope, we're starting over here. This is the coffee bar. And then we're going down here to the tapas bar. And it's so funny. And I'm like, dude, it's our day off. And so it's kind of like that in our movies, but it's like that in real life. That's fun. It's fun to have that that relationship. Yeah, and it, but we respect each other, and he's the anchor of those movies, and I was very fortunate to be in them. I'm not in the new one, and that's another conversation for another day, but he's really, really is great in those movies, and, and so is the director, Don. They, they're very good. So I just researched. I knew what it was. I knew about the first one, and I didn't really know about the rest of them, and I was like, to be his son was a huge deal ever, ever since then. People are like, you're his son! <laughs> So crazy. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, it's fun to watch all these moments. I'll just quickly bring up, uh, I know Trick is a recent movie, uh, Crabs in, in a Bucket. Uh, and and 50th birthday, not a movie, but I feel like I should end on something like that because, uh, you know, happy birthday. Thanks, man. I know a lot's been uh, going on and uh, hit my 50th in the pandemic, but uh, in a way it was kind of good because it was a really good birthday and it was a really, uh, takes the pressure off if you have your birthday in the middle of the pandemic, <laughs> you know, it's like, couldn't have a party, you know, oh, well, it's a pandemic, so. Yeah, didn't have to worry but, about it. Uh, I appreciate it, man, and thank you for your time. I really do. No problem. It was a pleasure talking to you, Jamie. Thank you so much. Take care out there, and we'll uh, we'll see you around. All right. Thank you, man. My thanks to Jamie Kennedy. Again, season eight of Coming to the Stage. That's out now on Comedy Dynamics. Stupid Smart, his new stand-up special is on Tubi. And thanks to you for checking out this episode. Before you get out of here, I do hope you subscribe to the podcast. Brand new interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday so you can keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones. Know what's happening in the music world and sometimes the comedy world, too iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts from. That's where you can find us. After that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. It's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound, they've got your music and film news. You can find me on uh, most of the social media spots as well, at Kyle Meredith. I do hope you follow and like in those places. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.